Alex Jones is back. Well, not in the way you think, but we're going to talk about that tonight. No, Alex Jones is not here, but we're going to talk about it. The Great Reset. More coming up on that. The FBI's million-dollar offer. (laughs) Yeah, it just gets worse. And 3D films can make you pregnant. (laughs) Welcome to the Jay Sheldon Show. Hello. Happy Wednesday. It's Wednesday. Yay. We're halfway through the week. Here in Malaysia, it is just after 10 o'clock at night on the east coast of the U.S. of A. It is just after 10 o'clock in the morning. Hello, America. How are you? Hello to the U.K., U.S., uh, uh, Australia, New Zealand, and Aldwin Wong. I don't like them putting chemicals in the water that turn the freaking frogs gay. Do you understand that? Well, you know, that is the big thing most people think about when they think of Alex Jones. Either that or the uh, Stony Brook school shooting thing, whatever that was. Uh, He's on trial right now for that, uh, which is a ridiculous trial. But anyway, um, he has since been proven not wrong about the chemicals in the water thing because of what the chemicals in the water do to the frogs. I mean, it's a headline-grabbing way to say it, but end of the day, he's not wrong. Look it up. You'll see see what I'm talking about. Look, I am not a defender of Alex Jones. I do, however, think Alex Jones should never have been banned off of YouTube, Facebook. He's been banned off of virtually everywhere. I am an absolute free speech absolutist, (laughs) absolutist, Absolute. Uh, I believe you should be able to say whatever you want. People are allowed to not listen to you. They're allowed to disagree with you. If you don't like what somebody's saying, turn it off, switch the channel. Uh, Better yet, jump into the conversation and have a go at arguing back and forth, and maybe one of you will change the other's mind. But Regardless, you know, you're right, Aldwin. I miss him too. He is a crazy bastard. There's no doubt about it. Alex Jones is a wacko nut job. But there were plenty of times when Alex Jones, as crazy as he was and the wild, wacky way he presents things, was not wrong. There were times where he was, but there were plenty of times where he was not. Ronkamonka. Tao! Yay, I caught you live. You did. Hello over there on Twitch, Ronkamonka Tao. I love your name. I don't know what that means, but I love your name. Anyway, so we've got all that coming up, but right now we've got to move on and we got to get into our Miko update, of course. Miko update. <laughs> oh, yeah, the crazy little girl. Miko is our Shiba Inu dog. If you did not know that, maybe you're new to the stream and you uh, you just discovered us. But uh, Miko is our Shiba Inu, and she is now doing fine. If you listened to our last stream, you found out that she was not doing very well. She had another one of those gastric things, and it was awful. She wasn't eating. Stuff was coming out of both ends, and it was a nightmare. Thankfully, it was another one of those little one-day episodes. She popped right back yesterday night, ate a full dinner, 
She ate a full dinner today. She's doing well. She had a couple of great walks and she has recovered. So thank you for all your PMs and messages and emails that they were asking about Miko. She's back at it. She's doing great. There she is uh, striking a pose in her best little lady pose. By the way, we're just, I was on my walk today and one of her furry friends, we ran into the owner of that furry friend and I were talking. She's going to be three in like two months. Yeah, December 1st is Miko's birthday. We'll do something special for it. So uh, yeah, Miko is going to be three years old coming up December 1st. Wow. Happy to hear that. Good. Thank you very much. I appreciate the thoughts. Thank you. Uh, thank you. Ronkamonkatow. Hey, our Miko update is brought to you by the amazing folks at BarkBox. If you have a furry friend and you are looking, John here, just in case you forgot. Oh, you know what? I did. <laughs> Sorry, John. And welcome and thank you for the subscribe. You can also subscribe over on YouTube and Rumble.com and Facebook. We're live on all four platforms. And of course, we also have a podcast. The audio part of our show goes out right after the show is done being live as a podcast on iTunes, Spotify, all the different podcast platforms. You'll find it. Just search The Jay Sheldon Show, click subscribe, you're done. Okay, enough plugging Jay Sheldon Show. Let's talk about BarkBox. They bring you the Miko update, and this is an amazing company. They are so cool. Your dog will love it. You will love it, I promise. Give your dog exactly what they want. What is BarkBox? It is a box full of all kinds of cool toys and treats that you get every month. It's a subscription service. You can sign up for one month, one time only, or you can sign up for six months or 12 months. The longer you sign up for, the cheaper it is of course. And if you use our special link, which is BarkBox.com slash Miko, M-I-K-O, this is what you will get. You see that there? Exclusive offer, a free extra month when you sign up for a multi-month subscription. So you sign up for six months, you're going to get seven months, one extra month free. 12 months, you get 13. BarkBox.com slash Miko is the place to go. Now, this is only available at the moment in the U.S., U.S. territories, and Canada. They don't ship internationally. If you have one of those forward shipping services, or maybe a friend who you could have it shipped to in the U.S., and then they would reship it to you, that'd be great. But uh, please do check them out. It is amazing. You will get the, you get a couple of toys every month, a couple of bags of treats, all natural treats with good ingredients. You can also specify the size of your dog, small, medium, or large. And if your dog has any allergies, they'll make sure you don't get that kind, you know, fish, chicken, beef, whatever it is your, your dog's allergic to, just tick the box and they'll be very sure that you don't get that sort of products. And also a dog chew you get every single month. And it is absolutely amazing. Uh, you will, uh, will, will absolutely be satisfied because they offer a 100% happy guarantee. Uh, you are satisfied and your dog is satisfied or they will give you a full refund. Look at this. Check this out. Every month, a cool themed uh, box comes to your door. Look at this. This was a Halloween party. Oh, this one's coming up. Check it out. You can see some of the great, there's all the toys and the treats. This is what you get inside these boxes. Italy Playcation. That one's cool. Uh, National Park Foundation. A couple of teddy bears. And that looks like a beaver. <laughs> Bark to school. Very nice. Oh, Jurassic World. How about that? Got some dinosaur toys and things. Some chews. This is so cool. Stranger Things from Netflix. They did a Stranger Things box. 
Harry Potter, pool party animals, boops and scoot. Look at this. Star Wars. Ah, nice. Chewy is there. Man, that is, see, this is the, this is what I'm talking about. You got to check it out. Barkbox.com slash Miko. M-I-K-O is the link. Do check it out. Take advantage of our special offer using our special URL. The link is in our show notes tonight. All right. Did you cancel your PayPal yet? <clears throat> in our show notes, I put a link. It's a special link because I get some credit if you use it. But if you are looking for an alternative to PayPal, and you should be, we talked about that before. If you are looking for an alternative to PayPal, I signed up with Payoneer. There's a lot of alternatives out there. Wise is one. Venmo, by the way, is owned by PayPal, so don't use that. PayPal stock, by the way, nosedive, get woke, go broke. Now get this. I tweeted out the link on Twitter, on my Twitter account. I tried to tweet out my link to get you to sign up on uh, Payoneer on Facebook. And look what happened. These best, you know the rest. Check this out. Looks like Facebook working with PayPal to block posting about alternative sites for replacing PayPal. It wouldn't let me post this link. Idiots, we will not be defeated. This is what I wrote on my post. PM me and I'll send you a link to sign up for Payoneer. I did, and they're just great. Here's what happened when I tried to sign up. You see that little red at the bottom? When I hit post, posts that look like spam, according to our community guidelines, are blocked on Facebook and can't be edited. It wouldn't let me post it. It absolutely would not let me post it. Look at this one. When I tried to share it through the Payoneer site, there's a little icon for Facebook where you can share it directly. This comes up. Your message couldn't be sent because it includes content that other people on Facebook have reported as abusive. These little sneaky... I'm telling you, get off of Facebook. I know I'm live on Facebook right now, but trust me, one day I won't be. In fact, with Alex Jones in the title of my show, today might be the day. Certainly YouTube is going to give me crap about it. Anyway... No matter where, by the way, you will always find me on rumble.com. Wherever I might get censored or thrown off of or got a strike or get put in jail, I don't care, whatever, do your worst. You will always, always, always find me on rumble.com. Just look up the Jay Sheldon Show over there, subscribe. If you want, they'll send you a notification whenever I go live. We do three shows a week and uh, get off of PayPal. There's a link in our show notes tonight for Payoneer. Legit site, very good, very good terms, reasonable fees, uh, and I signed up. I am now a member. If you want to go to my Patreon account, it pays me now through Payoneer. No more PayPal. Goodbye. Not sad. Very glad. Okay, let's move on and up. Man, we wasted a lot of time talking about crap, didn't we? Uh, <laughs> this is from the Epic Times. Yeah, I know. But uh, anyway, let's see. Here we go. I got to do this a little backwards tonight, so bear with me. Um, the Great Reset. It's a new book, and it is from 
Alex Jones. The Great Reset and the War for the World. Alex warns of AI and genetic engineering in his best-selling book, The Great Reset. It is essential the population of the world understand that they are under attack by a scientific elite hell-bent on omnipresent control. That from Alec Jones' new book, The Great Reset, made its way up to several top-selling charts. Despite a steady stream of recent news about lawsuits uh, targeting him that uh, put the beleaguered radio and TV host in a negative light. What is that icon, Aldwin? Oh, Yes, <laughs> I know exactly what that is. Okay, uh, the book was published August 30th, so it's been out for a little bit, month or so. Uh, during its first week, it hit number two in the Wall Street Journal, number 10 USA Today, also appeared number two in Publishers Weekly. Uh, the book appeared as of October 10th as the number one best-selling in communications and media studies on Amazon. Uh, it did not, no surprise here, appear on the New York Times best-selling list. Jones explains the Great Reset. Now look, agree with Alex Jones or don't. I don't believe he should ever be censored. He should get the chance to say what he wants. He should be allowed on platforms. It's ridiculous. No matter what, it doesn't, you agree with him, you disagree with him. There's a right, a First Amendment right to free speech. There's also a right to be stupid, and a lot of people take him up, take us up on that right. He explains the Great Reset, not just a term popularized by the head of the World Economic Forum, that idiot Klaus Schwab. It is the massive long-term plan of extremely powerful corporate combines to abolish all of the old existing systems and cultures. And you know, the more you listen to that moron Schwab and his little minions the more this doesn't sound so crazy. Abolish the old existing systems and cultures and on their ashes build a technocracy, the final goal of which is depopulation and transhumanism. That, according to Alex Jones in an interview with the Epic Times, the corporate, uh, these corporate combines are seeking to create a new type of corporate empire that controls every facet of government, industry, academia, medicine, even religions. The Great Reset and the War for the World, he wrote it because he wants people, not just in America, but the whole world, to understand that it is the equivalent to the blueprints of the Death Star. He notes that globalist leaders openly talk and write about their plans. They do, he's right. Their plans for an anti-human, anti-freedom, anti-family, and uh, anti-God, anti-free market system of world governance. Wow, that is him from a 2001, wow, a very long, 21 years ago. Um, we're witnessing their declaration of war against every form of freedom and everything that is seen as good in human history. In short, the Great Reset is the name given by the globalists to their hostile corporate takeover not just of industry and farming, the entire infrastructure, but the minds, physical bodies of humans, and even in their endgame of every form of life on the planet. You know, you will have nothing and be happy about it. 
This is a really interesting interview with Alex. You should check it out. Yes, like I said in the beginning, the man is crazy nuts. But he is also not always wrong. I give you that he is a wacko. He has a style and a presentation that just doesn't sit right with a lot of people. But if you get through the clown show, if you work your way through and look behind the circus tent and listen to what he has to say, some of it, big grain of salt. But some of it, you really ought to be paying attention to. The difference is to be as widely read as you can with real news, not the mainstream media crap, and to be able to sift through and pick out what makes the most sense and what seems the most true. It's scary stuff. You saw the, uh, I don't have a link to this. It just happened during the day today and I didn't have a chance to prep anything. Governments coerced millions of people to take a medical procedure. This is off the Alex Jones topic. Pfizer, a Pfizer executive, uh, Pegasi Dis. Hey, Pegasi, thank you for the like. Appreciate that. Nice to have you along. A Pfizer executive, I know you must have seen this. If not, just look it up. It's all over the internet, including Twitter, especially Twitter, has admitted that they never tested the vaccine for its ability to prevent transmission. This was just yesterday. Governments coerced millions of people to take a medical procedure to save granny and discriminated those who didn't take it with passports, social exclusion, even job losses. Yet the medical procedure was never tested for transmission. This is a gargantuan public health scandal. I'm telling you, this is not going to end. Viva Fry, love this guy, he said an apology isn't enough. Those responsible by act or omission need to be held legally and politically accountable. From the experts to the politicians to the enforcers. Hmm, exactly right. It is damned scary. Millions of lives destroyed over a forced shot that they now admit was never tested for transmissibility. If that's a word. Unbelievable. Here's another thing. I didn't get this confirmed. A little leery about sharing it, but it's a news article. It says Pfizer executive says Israel is a, quote, kind of laboratory, end quote, for COVID vaccines. How do you feel about that, Israel? Mm. Look that one up. Check out the story. This just gets worse and worse. Unbelievable. That's not the only thing that's unbelievable. How about this story that broke today? Just today. Senior FBI analyst reveals that Obama, Obama's FBI, offered Christopher Steele $1 million, $1 million USD for dirt on Trump. Mm. There's the idiot there. Oh my goodness, Don. Don Alabozak. I'm sorry, I know you have another name now, but I know you as Don Alabozak, Reset. Have not heard this voice since WSNG Radio days. Lovely to hear you again, my friend. It is amazing to hear from you, Don. 
Wow. I can't believe over there in the U.S. Thank you so much for popping in by the show. I really appreciate it. Please give us a like and a, or a follow over there on Facebook. And uh, <laughs> man, this is like old home week. That is amazing. Yeah, Captain J, the pilot of the airwaves. All right, let's get back to this idiot. FBI supervisory analyst Brian Auten testified yesterday that Russia hoax dossier author Christopher Steele was offered a million dollars by former President Barack Obama's FBI for dirt on Donald Trump. (laughs) Nice, Alvin. According to the FBI official, oh, he never got the money because he couldn't prove the allegations. According to the FBI official, Steele refused to provide the names of any of his sources during his meeting with the Bureau. (laughs) Yeah, right. Furthermore, he didn't give the FBI anything substantive that would corroborate his claims with his now thoroughly and completely debunked dossier. Uh, This article is in our show notes. You want to check it out, read the whole thing. I'm not going to read through the whole article. Just know that a million bucks was offered to this Christopher Steele idiot for dirt on Trump. How much more screwed up? How many more stories like this have to come out before we realize it's time to dismantle the FBI? Top down, top all the way down. Unbelievable. You must check out this story and it will... uh, (sighs) It will open your eyes, I promise. Scary, scary stuff. Mm, All right. Again, like I said, we're doing things a little backwards tonight, so you need to uh, give me just a little bit of space in between our story. Oh, (laughs) Oh, yeah, I love this one. You watch 3D movies? Don shared your stream. Thank you, Don. Appreciate that. (laughs) You watch 3D movies? I have. They're kind of cool. And, you know, I'll be honest. I hadn't thought about this. I really hadn't thought about this. But I have to believe it exists. 3D porn. I mean... They may, it's a very expensive process, and, you know, porn is not shot on a major budget. But if you think about it, 3D porn must be a thing. I, I don't know. I didn't look it up. I don't want to look it up. I have my safe search off, and I some of the times when I search stuff, you would not believe the things that come up. No, not CGI. R- real porn shot in 3D. Well... You're going to love this one. Look at this story. Woman claims watching 3D porn made her pregnant. (laughs) A American couple, a white American couple, that's important because of the next line, that had a black baby. The woman claimed she became pregnant Watching a 3D porn film. God. The fathers of the child, Eric Johnson, a soldier, had been away for a year serving in a military base in Iraq. On his return home, he found the black baby at home. 
His wife, Jennifer Stewart, 38 years old, told him the baby had been conceived while she had been watching a 3D porn film. I see. Okay, so that's one thing. So the wife is an idiot, right? Now get what the husband says. I see no reason not to believe her, as these 3D films are very lifelike. So apparently they're a perfect match. With the technology of today, almost everything is possible, said the husband, who registered the baby as his. Well, good on you. Jennifer said she'd gone into a porno cinema in New York with her girlfriends, and she'd only gone this time to see how a porno looked with 3D effects. Mm-hmm. The child, she claimed, looked exactly, exactly like the black male lead in the film. I can't. I just can't. A uh, a month after watching the film, a, uh, a sh- I was pregnant. I'm going to sue the cinema and the producers. Uh, luckily, she says, my husband believes me. It could have wrecked my marriage, but he knows I am faithful to him. Oh, man. Yeah, seriously. (laughs) If you want to read it or share it out there and, you know, let your friends know exactly how stupid some people can be, uh, the link is in our show notes. You'll find it down the list there. (laughs) Just unbelievable. Oh, man. Uh, The husband could be, well, uh, bet everything looked bigger. Yeah, it might. I would assume in 3D everything would probably be Bigger. <laughs> hey, um, <laughs> hold on. I need a coffee after that. Hmm. Okay. We have a Malaysian superstar. I know if you're listening in other parts of the world, the U.S., wherever you may be, but check out this story because it applies wherever you might be. A one-year-old Malaysian toddler is the youngest ever to reach Nepal's Annapurna base camp. And take a look at that. Look at that picture. Oh, will you stop with the ads? For God's sakes, this is from thestar.com, which is like jammed with ads, so you just have to put up with it. Anyway, look at that. The uh, Annapurna base camp in Nepal. And there is the youngest person ever to reach that base camp. And she is from Malaysia. One-year-old from Sabah has made history as the world's youngest person to reach the base camp. In July, Akshra Raghavendra's parents, pilot Raghavendra Gopalakrishnan, I think I might have pronounced that right, 32 years old, and yoga instructor Sheena Prasanan, 32, carried her in a hiking harness all the way up to ABC to celebrate her first birthday. My Wow. My husband and I are avid hikers. Our daughter's been on hikes with us since she was three weeks old. We wanted to do something different for her birthday. And according to the couple, they uprooted from Kuala Lumpur to Kota Kinabalu in 2018. 
after uh, Raghavendra got a job transfer. Thought it would be a memorable experience and an achievement for our family. We anticipated it would be difficult, but we took the challenge as we knew it would make us stronger as a couple. What a nice thing. They trained for five weeks at uh, Bukit Pandan Hiking Trail at Kota Kinabalu to ensure they were fit. They trained with Akshra in the two-kilogram baby hiking carrier. That's the daughter's name, I assume, is Akshra. And at that point, she weighed 8 kg. Uh, we took turns hype, uh, climbing up over 2,000 steps as we needed to work on speed, stamina, and muscle training. There they are. Wow. Unbelievable. The couple started their ascent July 31st and reached the campsite at 4.1, no, 4,130 meters on July 23rd. Took another three days to make their descent. Unbelievable. Their daughter, she says, thankfully didn't suffer from any altitude sickness. That would have been my worry. Um, and she managed to adapt well at the base camp. That is absolutely unbelievable. Look at that. Look at that picture. There she is. On one year old, the youngest person ever to reach uh, Annapurna Base Camp in Nepal. Wow, that is amazing. Congratulations. Both to this little girl and, uh, <laughs> and her amazing parents. That is incredible. What a great story. Wow. We always like to end with uh, something cool and fun. All right. Um, all right. We'll do, we'll do this one last one, and then we'll move on to our book. Um, she'll probably forget after a few years. Well, you know, yes. But, I mean, if you're one year old, do you really remember anything after uh, from when you were one year old? I mean, nobody's going to remember after a few years what happened when they were one year old. However, they've got pictures. So there you go. She can remember. This also is a story from Malaysia, but it connects to the U.S. Because it might be the only place you can actually find the rarest dog breed in the world. We've covered this story before, but we've got a lot of new listeners and viewers, and I wanted to do it again because it just popped up. It's from says.com. Links in our show notes if you want to read the whole story. But we have a thing called Anjing Kampong, which means basically a village dog. It's just the old stray dogs you see. They're in the cities. They're in the in the villages. Um, thanks for the like, Don. Um, and these are basically just mutts. They're adorable, but they're everywhere. Well, a regular old Paul Conant. Hey, thanks for the like, Paul. Appreciate it. This regular Kampong dog... Mutt, you see everywhere, could actually be the rarest dog breed in the world. Take a look at this thing. This is amazing. Absolutely incredible. What a beautiful dog. Absolutely. And look at that. A curly tail like a Shiba Inu, like Miko. <laughs> um, when in Malaysia, a common sight overlooked a lot is the number of stray dogs that occupy almost every street and sidewalk. Now, whether you're deep in the country or out and about in metropolitan cities in Malaysia, you can always count on spotting stray dogs wandering around. We usually call them Anjing Kempong, which is village dog. 
Uh, but have you ever wondered if there was a name for these strays that nobody ever really seems to give a second look? There's a really good example of what, in fact, just tonight when we were leaving for dinner, we looked down the street, there was a whole bunch of stray dogs in a pack wandering around. It turns out they are called Telomian, and they actually are a breed of dogs. Leo Kente, greetings from Australia. Good eye, mate. I know I hate that when people do that to people in Australia. It's embarrassing. Sorry, I couldn't help myself. But uh, Leo, thank you so much. Can't appreciate that. Thanks for popping in. Be sure you give us a like and a follow. All right. Great. I mean, I, man, I have not talked to you in years. So good to see you. Anyway, these Telomanian, uh, Telomians are actually a breed of dog and one of the rarest breeds in the world. They were actually brought back to America, to the U.S., and bred there, purebred. Rarely here in Malaysia will you find these dogs, even though they are native to Malaysia. But about the only place you can actually find purebreds, there's a picture of that. Look, what a beautiful dog. Um, uh, in the Telomian breed came to light in the Western world when anthropologist Dr. Oyville Elliott documented the breed in 63. He coined the breed's name Telomian after discovering them in the Sungai Telom Valley in Pahang. How about that? They've got very distinctive features, and they are very. They can actually climb trees. They were used. They're they're very much like Shiba Inus in that they were used to hunt small prey. They're excellent guard dogs, because a lot of the orang asli, the native, uh, it's like Malaysia's version of Native Americans. Um, the orang asli often live way up high or up in in like tree level houses these dogs were able to either climb the tree or this huge ladder that went up they have amazing abilities and check this out they have a brown a black blue tongue or spotted black blue tongue. look at that absolutely amazing there's one with the blue tongue it looks rather vicious but <laughs> anyway they're incredible and they can jump to amazing heights they are absolutely phenomenal. Read the whole article about these guys. They are incredible. And uh, yeah, the Telomian from Malaysia. Pure breeds normally only found in Malay in uh, America because that's where they were taken back and bred. Uh, but they are wonderful companion dogs. If you can find one, they are great family dogs. They're great uh, family protectors. Smart as a whip. Incredibly talented. They can learn how to open doorknobs. So <laughs> they're very good with their paws. You might want to keep that in mind if you're going to keep them in the house. But I just had to share that. The link is in our show notes if you want to check it out. You're right, Don. They are absolutely beautiful. The more you know, Telomian always thought they were mutts and mongols. There are plenty of mutts and mongols out there, by all means. But some of the mutts and mongols you see, if they look like that, that's not a mongol or a mutt. That's a purebred Telomian, exclusively from Malaysia. Very cool. All right. Okie dokie. As you know, one of the uh, things we regularly do on this show is to read classic books. We've done that from nearly the very first show. This, by the way, is our 275th show. Wow. Um, we've done The Wonderful Wizard of Oz, Peter Pan, The Little Prince, 
uh, Alice in Wonderland. We've done so many classic books. We read them a, a chapter at a time or a part of a chapter if it's a long one. And we go all the way through until we get to the end. And then uh, we start a new book. Well, just a few streams ago, we started Bambi. Yes. And so far, it's followed almost exactly uh, what you all probably remember as the Disney film of Bambi. And so we're going to continue on with that. We wound up about a third of the way through uh, chapter four. And so to close out the show, as we always do, let's move on and continue with Bambi. Then something else happened. It was something much bigger than all the other things Bambi had experienced that day. A thumping and a stamping coming out of the woods could be felt all through the ground. Branches of trees cracked, twigs rustled, and before anyone could even pick up his ears, it broke its way out of the thicket. One of them with a rustling and a banging, the other one with a great rush behind him. They ran forward like a storm wind, completed a broad arc across the meadow, disappeared back into the woods where they could be heard galloping. They hurtled once more out of the thicket, and they suddenly stopped and stood quietly, twenty paces apart from each other. Bambi looked at them and didn't move. They looked like his mother and Auntie Enna. But on their heads, there was a glittering crown of antlers made of brown pearls and bright white prongs. Bambi couldn't move. He looked at one, then the other. One of them was smaller than the other, and his crown was less developed, too. But the other had a beauty that gave him an air of authority. He held his head high. His crown was even higher. It sparkled from the darkness into the light. It was adorned with the majesty of many black and brown pearls, and the long white tips glittered. Oh! exclaimed Feline in amazement. Gobo repeated her quickly. Bambi, though, said nothing at all. He was captivated and silent. The two of them now began to move, getting further apart from each other as they went, each of them to a different side of the meadow, and there they went slowly back into the wood. The majestic figure came up quite close to the children, Bambi's mother and Auntie Enna. He step, his step showed a quiet glory. He held his noble head up high like a king and dignified no one with as much of a glance. The children didn't dare to breathe until he disappeared back into the thicket. They looked around, trying to see him, but just at that moment the green doors of the wood closed behind him. Feline was the first to break the silence. Who was that? she exclaimed. But her little arrogant voice had a quake in it. In a voice that could hardly be heard, Gobo repeated her, Who was that? Bambi was silent. Auntie Anna said joyfully, Those are your fathers. Nothing else was said. 
and the group moved apart. Auntie Enna went with her children into the nearest patch of undergrowth. That was the way they always went. Bambi and his mother had to go right across the meadow to the oak tree to get to the route they usually took. For a long time he remained silent, and finally he asked, Did they not see us? His mother understood what he meant, and replied, Of course they saw us. They see everything. Bambi felt shy and didn't dare to ask any more questions, but the wish to do so overcame his shyness. Why? he began, and then he was silent again. His mother helped him. What is it you want to say, my child? Why didn't they stay with us? They don't stay with us, his mother answered, only now and then. Why didn't they speak to us? His mother said, they don't speak to us anymore, only now and then. We have to wait till they come, and then we have to wait till they talk to us, if they want to. Bambi became cross and asked, will my father speak to me? Of course he will, my child, his mother promised him. When you're grown up, he'll speak to you, and sometimes he'll let you be with him. In silence, Bambi went closer to his mother, his mind filled with thoughts about the appearance of his father. He's so beautiful, he thought, and then again, so beautiful. His mother seemed able to read his mind, and she said, If you're still alive, my child, if you're clever and avoid danger, You'll be as strong and as beautiful as your father, and you'll carry a crown on your head, just like his. Bambi took a deep breath. His heart became big with happiness and anticipation. Wow. <laughs> That's uh, chapter four. We'll move on to chapter five coming up on our next stream on Saturday night. We'll get into chapter five. As you see, it's very similar to uh, the Disney film. Uh, Alduin, I recently watched Shin Ultraman in theaters. was an interesting take on the 1966 version. Do you watch Tokusatsu? Uh, no. I don't. Sorry. I don't even know what that is. <laughs> All right. Uh, that's going to do it for us tonight. Thanks so much. Uh, we had so many new people popping in. Thank you, guys. I really appreciate that. It's so nice to see you. Leo, Dawn, thanks for the like and the subscribes, the follows. really, really appreciate that. I will uh, be back on Saturday night, 10 o'clock Malaysian time, wherever that is in your part of the world. Please do like and subscribe. And if you'd like to see all of our past libraries of shows, it's available. Rumble.com. Look for The Jay Sheldon Show. Or, of course, check out our podcast. You'll find all our shows way back, 275 of them, at Spotify, iTunes, wherever you get your podcast. Look for The Jay Sheldon Show right there. And just click follow or subscribe. That's all you need to do. And it's all totally free. If you would like, by the way, if you're dumping your PayPal like millions of people have, you're looking for an alternative, 
Payoneer is a very great service. And the very top link in our show notes tonight is a link. You can check out Payoneer, sign up. It's free, very reasonable fees. Do what I did, dump PayPal, sign up with Payoneer. You won't be disappointed. All right, we'll see you again on Saturday night. That's it, the Jay Sheldon Show. Good night, everybody.